Welcome to Empowered Podcast with Michael and Marilyn. I'm Michael and... I'm Marilyn. And our guest today is... Is Julie Linehan. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yes, thanks for coming. And thank all of you for being here and listening. Yeah, this is so much fun. Um, We uh, just finished our... Uh, previous podcast when we were talking about conscious children and when Marilyn and I were creating today, we just wanted to keep the theme going. And Julie, your name popped up because I know you got all these crazy experiences with your kids and things that like are out of the norm, right? right. Um, that happen. And but it's so amazing that you're aware of it. I can't wait to hear your story and how this started and just your experience of what it's like to. Uh, have kids that are growing up and you start to recognize that they have some gifts that normal kids don't have. And like, how do you deal with all that stuff? So we're just continuing the conversation. So I would like to welcome you here and thank you. And what is, give me a little bit of, of your story and like, so, um, I have a right now currently a 16 month old girl Mm -hmm. and a three and a half year old boy. And obviously everything started kind of with the three and a half year old when he was much younger. And probably the things that I notice most are, are things that other parents would notice when they are very little, staring off into space, kind of looking above, smiling at things that we aren't seeing. And I think most parents would probably say that they see that with their newborns or their infants. But as my son got older, it became very clear, even, you know, six months old, uh, that he was playing with with spirits or people who I was not seeing. One uh, very kind of fun story was we were looking through, I was looking through a book uh, about my grandparents, and... He saw a picture that my aunt was in, and he got excited and pointed to her because she would babysit, and he knew her. And then he saw my mom and pointed and got excited, and then he saw my grandmother, and he pointed at her and pointed directly ahead of him and got really excited because she was there. He was was letting me know. He had no words, but he was letting me know she was there and that he could see her. And so we can... The kids can let us know that they are receiving messages, signs, or just visitors alone without words. Just I think that's no amazing. nonverbal communication. It's amazing, though, that you picked up on that piece because mm-hmm. a lot of people would probably not really put those two things together <clears throat> so clearly, and you knew what he was saying to you. Yes. That so. is true, I guess. For me, it, it seemed obvious because he pointed at her picture and pointed straight ahead and got really excited, like, oh, I know her. She's right there. Wow. That's... Did you get chills? Because um, <laughs> I just did. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. It feels so long ago, and I've had so many incidents since then with him and my daughter as well. Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of do. And then it started becoming very the norm, for us, even so much so that my husband would kind of agree, like, yeah, there's something. Like, our daughter just told us, you know, said, what's that? And pointed above our shoulder, and there was nothing that we could see. Things like that. So, so have you felt, I mean, do you, I, obviously you don't see, right? 
or do you now? I can't. I can sometimes. You can now mm-hmm. sometimes see. Mm-hmm. So, but before, did you? Because I've had experiences I've never seen, but I can feel. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a spirit that's close by, like and they let me know that they're there. You know, I get the coldness, I get the tingles, and I just kind of, I just kind of know that there's a presence going right. on, right? So, like for, right. for you, did you have any of that? Like when that first started, like I did actually before my kids came along. I would say my grandparents and I were very close, and I spent a lot of time. My mom had my brother and I over at the house working there since we were young kids, helping my grandparents because they were that World War II generation, and you know we considered them one of the greatest generations, and they had so much to teach us. So in becoming close to my grandparents, they passed away um, in 2012 and 2013, and within eight months of each other. And I started to feel uh, my grandmother's presence. She was the first to pass. And I could see her. She would visit me. Our communication wasn't as strong because I, I wasn't at the level she needed me to be at. And she was still learning kind of to come to my level so that we could communicate with each other. So I definitely had that feeling of the energetic presence that they were in the room and I I would tell family they're here or they've arrived and uh, there was even one incident where I knew my grandmother had arrived I didn't know what she was trying to tell me and it turned out the next day that uh, my grandfather who was still around had been um, I wouldn't say in trouble he had um, my grandmother was worried about him and right we discovered rightfully so and all was right and Everything played out as it was supposed to. Um, so definitely, long story short, answering your question, those that I, I was feeling that energy before the kids came along. So it, maybe it was a little bit easier for me to recognize what my children were non-verbally communicating and then now verbally communicating to me. Wow. So <clears throat> did you notice um, your grandparents around like when you were pregnant with your children, especially with your first one. Yes. Um, so you kind of knew that they were going to be in his life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. I don't have a specific so, about it, but yeah, I do. Um, I mean, they were, once they passed, they were around a lot. And my, you know, aunts, uncles, my mom, my dad, they all have their own little story of signs. My mom finds bobby pins when my grandmother wants to communicate with her. So we, they each have their own little signs with, with all of us. And it's kind of been fun sharing that experience with everybody. Oh, good, good. And how do, um, do the kids express what they see to other people besides you and your husband? Do they um, say that they see these energies in front of grandparents and aunts and so forth also? Yes, they probably do open up to me the most, but my son would definitely, he knew my grandfather's nickname without us really telling him. And he would point to him and call him Papo, or would point to a figurine that we had in the house because he did play for the Cardinals. And so we had figurines of him in uniform and things like that. And he could he could recognize him in uniform and out of uniform, keeping in mind that my grandfather passed before he 
met him. So, and, and going back to your question about um, during pregnancy, even before I would have dreams where my grandmother would come to me and kind of would let me know that everything was going to be okay and that I, you know, would be having kids. And so um, going from the pregnancy then to the kids being there, it's, it's definitely been an interesting evolution to watch it all. Mm. I have goosebumps everywhere now. I do too, because I'm like, <laughs> this is, you know, 20 years ago, nobody would really talk about anything like this, uh, even if it was like mm-hmm. happening, right? Mm-hmm. But now with... Uh, My grandmother did though. She did? Mm-hmm. She would tell us about um, stories about spirits that might live in the house and things like that. So I kind of, I grew up with it. And my dad is also a cardiologist, and so I might hear stories about people who had near-death experiences that would come back, things like that. And, and my dad's parents, too, have since passed, and we have stories um, about them com- coming back to visit my dad and sibling, his siblings. So, yeah. I love that. I think that really probably has opened up the door for you to be so aware yes. with your children at such a young age. So I know you said that um, the children did things that most parents would notice. I don't think most parents would interpret them that same way that you did. Um, do you have any advice for them into what to look for, or if they're seeing those things, how to handle it, maybe. How would you recommend they handle it? So, I mean, from an infant perspective, it's, it was really more, I just kind of sat and watched because I felt that it was such a beautiful thing. We would see my son play peekaboo with, um, things, spirits, people that I was not seeing, and I would just let it play out and kind of watch it. And, I never recorded it. I never, you know, really made a fuss of it. I just knew what was happening. I probably should write these stories down because one day they might, you know, may not remember them, but I really just let them play out as they were infants. Now, as the kids got older, um, my son really didn't start talking until closer to two and became, he's a very strong communicator now. So we've gotten to the point where he will say things to me such as, we're in the car, and he will say things such as, Mama, turn down the noise. Do you hear the people? And I do not hear the people in that moment, but I will turn down the noise as he asks. I turn down the radio, and I just ask questions, open-ended questions. Where are the people? What do they look like? What are the people telling you? And if they answer, they answer. And if they don't respond, they don't. And I kind of leave it up to the child to communicate what they are feeling they need to. With this, my younger one, the 16-month-old, she's pretty verbal for her age. So she'll say, who's that? What's that? And um, I'll just kind of talk to her as you would a 16-month-old. I'm not sure you know, what I'm seeing there. The big key is to support them and leave the communication open so that when they are ready to tell you what they see or what they're hearing or what they're being told, that they are comfortable doing so. Because when you shut them down, you are, you are pretty much guaranteeing that by the time they're seven or eight, they are going to follow societal norms and they are going to realize, oh, well, 
these things are happening, but I'm not supposed to talk about them, so I'm not going to. And then you're shutting them down. Perfect. So that's, that's exactly what we were hoping that you would share with us today is because we've been talking about conscious children and how if we can keep them conscious and keep them aware of their surroundings and aware of their own gifts and help them um, to develop their own way of thinking. So can you tell us about, I mean, really what it's like in every other part of life with these conscious children? Because it's, it's a different way of being as a child than any of us have ever known. That is very true. So these the, the conscious children are going to be very empathetic just by nature because I think you have to be in order to be open to receiving the messages from the spirit world. So, and, and many of us who are my age, that is a different way than we may have been raised. Now, um, obviously, you know, my parents were, were wonderful people and were very um, open and empathetic with us, but it's a different time now. Mm-hmm. And it, my husband and I have actually been working with a parent coach because even we sometimes struggle knowing what they see and what they're going through. We are empaths ourselves, and so we are going to struggle with the emotions that our kids are feeling because that does get challenging, particularly for someone like me, who I just discovered yesterday in working with the parent coach that I put myself in my son's shoes, and in doing so, I'm taking on his energy, and I'm not able to kind of stay back and kind of look at what's going on from outside and then being able to respond. That's so cool that you just said that because that's yes. one of the things that came up before um, when we were talking about this conversation earlier was that was an insight that the mom had about how if she didn't learn to take care of her, I'm paraphrasing, but like if she didn't learn to take care of herself first, that she was never going to be able to be there for what her child was experiencing and the evolution and consciousness that she was having. So you're you're saying the same thing and you have that empathic gift Mm -hmm. too right right so i never thought about that before that's a fascinating way to break that dynamic down and look at that a little bit differently to step back even at the age of a toddler we were talking about how she had to step back when her daughter was you know 16 and let her daughter experience things that you know she wanted to point out to her that but that's really amazing that you can do that at such a young age. I think what a gift to the kids that they are learning to trust their own intuition. Mm-hmm. So, and you are too. And, we, and, and you are at too. the same time. At we the are same too. time. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. What have you just? I know you're still in it, right? Mm-hmm. We're all in it. But yeah, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. Have, have you had like what is your strategy for keeping yourself? aligned to be there for your kids when they have these experiences like is it a like practice or like is there something that you're consciously doing right now to <laughs> make sure that you're there like from a you know you, to love them you have to love yourself right of course like the self-care part mm-hmm. like, have, is there anything that you'd like to share with uh, I, I think I um, the women in my family we've always I was raised 
understanding self-care is important through my mom and my grandmother. So that piece was, I feel, was not as difficult for me. But my husband and I literally have sticky notes around the house with the five-step process of what to do when my son starts going to a level that we may have a hard time understanding. And the, the first piece to that is always, you know, if the two children are involved, make sure they're safe. You know, they're separated yeah. if there's any kind of incident occurring. But the second step is to step back. And in that moment, I was not asking myself this the whole time, but as of just of yesterday and working with the parent coach, I realized I needed to be asking myself, um, you know, I needed to be honoring what he was, my son was going through and allowing him to feel those emotions as hard as they may be for me. And in taking a step back and asking myself, where, what does he need from me in this moment? I can pause and then kind of reflect back. I also, at that same time, am learning not to put myself in his shoes, which basically this has been 24 hours now <laughs> that I've been working on that. So I have actually noticed an immediate difference just within today wow. that I don't feel as triggered by his emotions. That's huge. So huge, just becoming huge. aware of that shifted that that quickly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's something that you probably have to practice every single time because naturally, from what I know from energy medicine, our kids are naturally courted to us until they're about 10 or 12. So it takes some real thought and some real ability to step back from that when being an empath and a mother, that energy can just shoot right into you. Right. So that's a... Right. And, and there are many different ways. You don't have to just... Some people can't just step back. Some right. people might not be putting themselves in their child's shoes, so to speak. So they might not be triggered that way. But maybe, for other examples, maybe someone could use you know a shield or in the energy medicine world, the bubble to kind of uh, allow in the energy that needs to come in, but at the same time not have to feel that um, that feeding or that attachment from the energy that you don't want to allow in. So there are other strategies besides just taking a step back or just stopping and reflecting upon the situation. Yeah, that's really amazing. So how does it feel to you and how do you handle it when you witness your children feeling other people's energies also? Because obviously they do. They do. And particularly, you know, any museum that you're going to go to, anything like that, you really have to, I have to make a conscious effort to, when we leave, to kind of clear them of anything that they may have picked up there. Um, and it could even just be at the gymnastics class, which is so fun, but there's a lot of energy going on there. So, um, I forget what you were asking me. <laughs> So, so yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you clear that? it? Like oh, how that? Do you, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, typical of Marilyn, what you might do, um, you know, kind of pulling the energy down and pushing it to the floor or to the ground. My son and my daughter love crystals. They fight over them. So keeping crystals charged in our house is a very big thing because 
in using a calm down corner to help my son recognize his feelings and emotions, one of his own strategies outside of the given ones is to hold a crystal. So um, keeping those charged, it, it really depends on each child, but if you allow them to guide you and lead you to their soothing strategies um, or to their kind of energy clearing strategies, you can kind of uh, let them show you the way. So how early, how early did you notice that they can show you what they need? How early and, and what, um, what made you see that? What happened to allow you to see that? Just working with you and with Aaron Shannon and people involved in the kind of energy medicine world, I had I worked I had worked you know with energy medicine for a couple of years with you, mm-hmm. and one of the big things that I would do for my son is sedate his triple warmer, tucking you know behind the ears and pulling down, and I I distinctly remember texting you at probably he was probably ten months old, and I text you Marilyn and said Mason just. Mason just sedated his triple warmer. He was upset trying to fall asleep for his nap, and I just caught him sedating his own triple warmer, and that was you know, ten, nine, ten months. So that was really fun to see. Yeah. And now that my son can speak, he will often, he, we have to do energy work every night. So, Oh, that's amazing. I had forgotten that. I'm mm-hmm. glad you reminded me of that story. Mm-hmm. And for those listening, when we're when Julie says triple warmer, it's common language for us in in our energy medicine world. But it's really that fight or flight um, that they can get. We all can get caught up in, and the fact that he has a tool to calm that down himself is mm-hmm. wonderful. Yes. So. Yes, and the and the energy mess and the crystals—they're all tools in their own they right are. too. Yeah. How old are your kids now? Uh, Lily is sixteen, almost seventeen months, and Mason is three and a half. Okay, so still babies. Still babies. Wow. <laughs> what is? I mean, this is pretty incredible. So you, you probably just go around not knowing what crazy things going to just pop up oh, at any right. minute, right? I mean, and my, my husband does travel a lot. So there was one night where Mason, Lily was already in bed and Mason says to me, mama, you know, there are people downstairs. And I said, oh no, it's just you, me and Lily in the house. And he said, oh no, they're downstairs. And my you know, initial reaction was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm here, you know, by myself with the two kids. And then when I checked into my intuition and kind of calmed down and remembered that really these, um, whoever is there is just probably protecting us while, you know, my husband was traveling. So, but you really, you really don't. I mean, I get a, there was a month or so ago, every single day was something new between one of the two of them. I mean, my son would say, point to open space, what's her name? And once again, I just asked the, you know, well, what does she look like? What color is her hair? Um, without pushing too much. And you just kind of have to read your children and see where they're going to go with it. My son also sees our dog who passed away um, when my, hus- my son was actually in the PICU for his open heart surgery. Our dog had uh, passed away. And so he had, there's that connection there because we really feel she waited to go until she knew that he was in a good place. And she did. And just recently he said, you know, mom, we were getting out of the car. He says, you know, mom, Ellie's with us every day. 
And I just said, thank you. I'm so happy to know that she is here protecting us. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful, too. And it helps him to realize that he's being supportive to you also by sharing that information with you. Yes. And I'd say, and you weren't asking this, but I'm thinking, you know, the times, these are beautiful times that I see. The times that get a little, um, I wouldn't say scary, but that make me really check in deeply are at night, at two in the morning, mm-hmm. when uh, generally my son is waking up and screaming. And when we realize, you know, they're not nightmares, they're not night terrors, that he is seeing people in his room and he is not comfortable with it. And there are, after much research, there are many strategies that you can use to help with that energy in the room. And I don't know if you want to go there or not. I was leading there, but... Go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the big ones that I we actually have not used yet because it is a task, but I have read a lot about fish tanks and how they can change the energy in a child's room. Uh, an oil diffuser can also help with that. We have crystals, one from Marilyn, mm-hmm. hanging in Mason's window. The important thing with the crystals is to remember that they need to be cleared. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I don't know, every at least once a month. Yeah, it's really great to do it yeah. in the full moon. Yeah. <clears throat> Set it outside or where the full moon is shining, even in a window, yes. can clear the energy out of the crystals. So. Yes, and the crystal choices have to be picked thoughtfully because... In learning, I have also <laughs> chosen crystals that were bringing things to my son's room and maybe not so much keeping them out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband will laugh at me because I'm known to sage my son's room while he's sleeping <laughs> because he does not wake up to anything. I cannot do it to, uh, with Lily's room while she's sleeping. But if I forget or I feel or he tells me he's seen something when he goes to sleep, He'll point to the chair and say, did you see that over there? Or what's that noise there? I'll make sure to sage, um, just like a white sage leaf um, when he's going to sleep. Perfect. Perfect. So where do you see this, like, kindergarten and school? And, like, do you have thoughts about, like, what the future? Not that you would live in it, but, like, just as Mm -hmm. a mom, like, this is happening to my kids now when they're this age moving forward. Like, what does that look like? I think the biggest key, the, the, the key component to moving forward would be open communication because there might be many parents out there who have not had the experiences that I did have before my kids came along. And if you don't have those experiences, it's either harder to recognize or you're recognizing it and you don't know what to do with it. It is so important to remember that there are, the the more I know that I talk about it, the more responses I get from people who are actually experiencing these same things. They might not recognize it, they might not know what to do with it, but there are there is someone out there who can help you and help your child if you are having a hard time understanding the child and where they are coming from. Yeah. So for us, um, as I said, open communication and trusting in what my children are telling me. There are definitely parents that I've had say, I don't, how do I know if they're just playing? 
because you know playing with an imaginary friend might be very common at this age. And from what I understand, the biggest difference between playing with an imaginary friend and actually seeing someone or a, a spirit from the spirit world is going to be they're not doing what I'm doing. If they're they're going to stop and pause and they may have to come up with an answer if they're playing with an imaginary friend. If what I notice when my son is actually talking with people or interacting, talking with spirits or interacting with spirits, everything, the conversation flows much more naturally. And I, I don't know that I can ever remember a time where it was an imaginary friend, to be honest. Yeah, or what if that imaginary friend was just a label right. to make the parents that situation go away that they couldn't explain. That is true. Because all kids have imaginary children. That or is imaginary true. children, imaginary friends. friends. Right, imaginary yeah. friends, yeah. they do. <clears throat> yeah, so maybe for listeners out there, we can offer to them that if something feels funny or the possibility that they might have an imaginary friend, it could be very real to maybe ask some, like you said, open-ended questions to get an idea of what they're really seeing and to be, to accept them for what they're saying as right. being true. Like explore. So, right. And there, there are many options for the kids who might be nonverbal, for kids who might be yes. on the uh, autism spectrum. They might draw pictures. They might, you know, play a song that might release that energy or be able to tell you something about how they are feeling. I, I think pictures would probably be a, a big one for many kids who mm-hmm. are not comfortable sharing what they are seeing. Yes, that's amazing. Because I do think that there are a lot more kids seeing and and at no fault of the parents, it's just that they're not, um, they haven't been exposed themselves. Right to the fact that they can be seeing energy or seeing spirits and they might just be seeing different colors too. Right. And maybe even seeing auras. I know my grandkids used to, when they would come visit, they would look all the way around my head and then they would look at my face and smile and say hi. But I knew what they were looking at around me where I don't know that anybody else in my family noticed that they did that. And I just think it's great to bring awareness to the fact that they are seeing energies that we don't see. So if I, you are writing a book, I understand. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that could maybe help people with this? Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't have a title for it yet. That's still a work <laughs> in progress. It's actually a part kid's book and part adult book. And the adult section is the piece that I have finished that will kind of guide the adults and what they might be able to do to help their kids stay open, to help change the energies in the room, basically a lot of the things we have talked about. And then the book itself is going to be geared toward the kids and helping them understand that what they are going through is normal, knowing that normal is all relative. I mean, there's... yes what they are experiencing is okay as long as they are feeling comfortable. And if they're not feeling comfortable, there are ways to get them to that place. So, Well, I certainly appreciate you being here today, taking the time to come talk to us about this. Um, Extraordinary, fascinating conversation. Um, One that I was actually not expecting. So I'm like, (laughs) I love that I was surprised about that. Um, Yeah, so I am... 
Yes. I'm actually kind of blown away. This has got to open the door for a lot of people. I mean, there's some things here that possibly somebody could have misdiagnosed or thought was a problem that's really, this may open the door to something else and free some more kids from yes. not being able to be understood by their parents. So I appreciate that you did that and had, and are writing this down because I was going to ask you if you were journaling this too, but a book is a really good thing too as well. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so, to the listeners, if you have any questions about any of our conversation today, please feel free to reach out. This is a lot of information, and it's wonderful information that can really empower these children. Um, and when Julie's book comes out, I'm sure yeah. she will let us know, and we will let you know right away. Also, maybe we can have you back on Perfect. Um, at that point to explain more about how to use the book and how to get it. And so yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. I think this is important things for people to understand for the children and the parents who are probably having questions before they even listen to this. Thank so. you so much. It was an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Great show. Yay!